Hello, this is Mike Harbath with this week's Shoot the Moon podcast, broadcasting live and direct from Revenue Rocket World Headquarters in Bloomington, Minnesota. Today, we have uh, my partners, Ryan Barnett and Matt Lockhart, joining us. Hey, guys. Hey, morning, Mike. What's happening? Well, for the audience benefit, uh, Revenue Rocket is the premier provider of M&A advisory services and growth strategy services to IT services companies worldwide. And today we're talking about how to confirm uh, and to manage proof of funding in support of an M&A transaction. As you know, many buyers are seeking outside funding and partnering on funding or their funding deals off their balance sheet. So we're going to talk about all of those aspects of how a buyer most likely will be asked to show proof of funding to a seller. And if you're a seller, how to ask for that. And so with that, I'll turn it over to you, Ryan, to get us started. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And, and you know, I, I just recently uh, bought a house in the last year and the uh, the mortgage company, uh, they asked for a lot. They asked for bank statements. They last they called they called you, Mike, and said, "Hey, does he, this guy really have a job?" They uh, asked for savings accounts and everything else. What's interesting about the M and A market is uh, when a seller is considering a deal, there's a bit of leeway in understanding that a buyer might be qualified. So I'm just kind of curious. Help me understand from a guy who just bought a house and had this deep probing questions. And the grand, the grand scheme of things, you know, um, what's needed, or what, why why would a seller care, or why should a seller start to dig in on if the buyer actually has money? And a huge question, and, and perhaps an obvious one, but I'd love to hear just your your general thoughts to start. Yeah, I guess. Well, Matt, you want to roll it, in, Mike? I mean, first level is nobody wants to waste time, right? <laughs> now, and let's put it into context, right? If 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 uh, oh Microsoft comes calling, um, I think everybody on under, would, will understand that they've got enough funds to get a deal done. So it's only it's not every time that that a buyer is going to have to demonstrate a proof of funding, but uh, when it's when it's required, and we see it all the time, uh, that it's important because the seller just wants to first off know that they're not going to be wasting any time. Don't you think, Mike? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think also, you know, you're about to embark on a situation if you're a seller um, where you're going to incur a, a fairly material expense throughout the due diligence and negotiation process to do an M&A deal. Uh, and when I say fairly material expense, not everybody, you know, has full understanding of this, but you know, if you're smart, you have an advisor uh, like Revenue Rocket that's helping you along the way, and there's an investment there. You have a legal advisor, and, you know, they're helping you draft documents, and, you know, that expense can range uh, certainly broadly depending on the lawyer you use and and uh, and sort of their experience in M&A and all that. And likewise, you're going to have typically an accounting or a tax advisor. So, you know, you're signing up for a pretty material investment to get through this process. And you don't want to do that if your buyer doesn't have the money, right? Or doesn't have access to the money. And I think, you know, from an e from the easiest view, you know, they're going to have cash. You're going to pay cash for your transaction. And, you you know, usually this show me the money approach is a post LOI item, meaning you've already 
done some due diligence and had conversations with this, with these guys and they've signed an LOI with you that says, hey, we're going to acquire you. Um, and, you know, now it's appropriate to do diligence on that buyer if you're a seller. And part of that diligence is to see proof of funds. And and to my point, you know, the easiest thing is they're paying cash for you and they show you all the money in an account somewhere and you check the box on that. But it's usually not that easy uh, because usually consideration on a deal is not just cash. It may include a stock rollover or swap. It might include an earnout, and you have to look at their capacity to provide those other uh, consideration options as well as the cash. Um, and so you may even have a buyer who's in the middle of a fundraising effort and they can't do a fundraising effort to fund the transaction until they sign the letter of intent with you. So you need to have transparency and visibility into all of that. So I guess the question here, should should a seller be concerned if a buyer doesn't have a proof of funds today? Uh, you just outlined a very interesting scenario, which is actually quite common. A a buyer, maybe a strategic company, who is convincing funders to uh, to look at a deal. Uh, what we deal with this often, and so I'd love to hear um, perhaps an example of something that that we've seen uh, that you can help explain why a buyer should consider that, or why a seller, you know, what what should they consider, and what's the level of risk tolerance when talking through um, a funding that may happen contingent on the deal getting done. Yeah, I, you know, I think from my perspective, as I see it, um, you know, you have to, if you, you have to confirm that your buyer is bankable. And what I mean by bankable, they may go get a loan to do this deal um, for the cash portion. They may, you know, seek equity financing. Um, and, you know, part of that comes from how healthy of a business are they actually running, right? So you need to look at the financials of your buyer to see, are they, are they bankable, right? What is their financing options? And who are they talking about securing financing from? And you should have a conversation with those people um, to see, you know, what what's their level of interest. At a minimum, seeing a commitment letter from those financiers that say, hey, if your business checks out from a diligence perspective, we're willing to fund this deal and that they have the capacity to do so. That That's from my perspective as good as a proof of funds. Um, you know, you have to understand, though, that, you know, their ability to fund this um, could change, right? There could be other reasons why that funder may not choose to fund it, or there could be macroeconomic changes and in interest rates or other risk factors that would impact their ability to fund this deal. Um, and so it's important to see a buyer who's looking at multiple sources of funding if they're kind of in that mode. And they're not, you know, betting the farm on one provider of funding um, in a perfect world, right? Uh, now, some of this is gray, and this is why you need to leverage your advisor, because if it's a strategic buyer who is relatively small and is securing bank financing, um, they can have a conversation going on with one bank. And, you know, depending on the bank and the scenario, um, you know, your advisor can help you determine whether this buyer is bankable or not. Uh, and then you can proceed. If it's someone who's more, you know, larger, they may be having conversations with a handful of equity funders and a handful of debt funders. 
which is the case in a very, you know, real world in, uh, environment right now. We're representing a company for sale where we vetted the buyer uh, who's having conversations with, you know, seven or so sources of funding, combination of equity and debt financers. Um, and that's checking out. Uh, it's credible. They're working through the process to, you know, gain a funding commitment. They're committing a fair amount of money on their own, so which we're, you know, have validated that they have. Um, and, and that process is working. But you should know, you know, this is a this kind of vetting capacity and proof of funds, you know, is multifactorial and you should certainly be involving a partner uh, and advisor to help you do so. Matt? You know, I was just thinking about something from, you know, we were sort of having this discussion in the context of of thinking about the seller's desire for proof of funding in these in these scenarios. And again, it's not it's not every, you know, scenario where it's required, you know, from a buyer's perspective, you know, and we advise our clients, our buying clients to be ready, you know, to have this discussion about proof of funding. And it and and not to think of it as a negative, you know, uh, Ryan. Going back to your, your your analogy to buying a house, everybody expects it, right? When we're going out and and looking for a loan, um, and and the you know buyers can say, well, this is different, right? I mean, I'm a I'm a big company, or I'm a you know I'm a big wig, and I've got all these relationships, and nobody should you know question me. And, you know, that's really the wrong way to approach it. It's like, no, hey, of course a seller is going to be interested in, you know, how this is going to positively impact uh, the overall value of the of the buying firm. Especially think about it if there's an earnout in play, right? And uh, and and the seller wants to know that that this deal isn't going to you know, threat, you know, put any threat towards the operating capital of the firm. Um, so that one plus one can equal three, four, five X, right? And so the buy, you know, I guess a lot of words to say buyers should enjoy, you know, and maybe not enjoy, um, but they should look positively at being able to demonstrate the financial health and why this deal is going to create, you know, more overall value. I, I think it, that's a, you just nailed it, Matt, that, that this is a, an environment in which sellers have a lot of control and a buyer should be understanding all of the of that control in that uh, it's a this will be a long term partnership and that you know, a source of funding. Well, we may consider it a hygiene factor. Uh, it's a big one. And the other just reality, it's money is still cheap. So there's if even if you have a big stockpile of cash, uh, someone may choose to use something else. And as a seller, just understanding those other financing options. And um, it's not necessarily a bad thing for someone to borrow. Uh, it may be the, the best business decision out there uh, at the time. So there's a bit of back and forth understanding the best deal at the uh, what what's best for, for everyone for long-term health of the combined entity. And I think yeah. just one other point I would make uh, on this is that, you know, certainly buyers come in all shapes and sizes and some of them, um, you know, some of the most talented buyers are ones that, um, you know, certainly have a proven track record of buying. 
right? And that's as valuable, frankly, as showing proof of funds, how they've structured those transactions in the past, how that seller, that should be part of your diligence as a seller. You know, have you done these deals in the past? And if so, with who? And can I talk to them? Certainly is important. What what sort of the track record? Some of the, you know, we're working on a transaction right now with a seller that um, the buyer is going to take that company along with other acquisitions that are doing public and they have a a long and rich history of successfully doing so. Um, and so the likelihood that they will be successful in doing that again is pretty high, right? I mean, they, if, you know, um, as I often say, you know, the, the past leaves clues and success leaves clues here on how to get these done. So if you get approached by one of these buyers who's had a lot of, you know, success in the past in doing deals and structuring, them a certain way and ultimately creating win-win and aligned interest, you should pay attention because um, there may not be a ton of quote-unquote diligence that can be done on a, let's say, a new startup that's going to acquire four or five companies. Certainly, there's some financial fortification around, you know, how they source their capital and how they do, in this case, you know, take companies public. But because they've been so successful historically, the risk there is much lower. And and I think it's important to evaluate risk. Really what you're trying to do is assess risk and determine, you know, is this risk of the deal getting done based on the capitalization of the transaction worth taking or not? Hey, one last thing, uh, Ryan. I think that, you know, we're, we're doing this on the heels of having a couple of overall due diligence discussions right and and this is just a an aspect of that and you know if we say it once we'll say it a hundred times transparency wins in in all matters of due diligence right and uh so that that principle of of transparency around funding is uh is a good thing absolutely Mike, Matt, that's all the questions I got on this one. Uh, Mike, I'll turn it over back to you. Sounds great, Ryan. And Matt, thanks a lot for your thoughts and insights today. I think with that, we'll tie a ribbon on it for this week. Thanks and make it a great day.